0: dumb fun
1: somehow
2: heartbreak feels good in a place like this
3: musical the movie the podcast musical the movie the podcast musical the movie the podcast with andy and step welcome in to musical the movie the podcast that's podcast with a capital podcast a movie a, about uh, all the yeah, and that rhymes with T, and that stands for the podcast. <laughs> uh, Steph, it's the Music Man. The year is 1960. 1960- First of all, how are you? You know, we don't we don't see each other a lot. <laughs> it's
4: always nice to have this this chance to catch up. <laughs> it's always I-
3: nice to have this time to catch up.
4: Yeah, I'm doing really good. How are you?
3: I'm doing great. Busy, you know, staying busy, uh, which meant I had um, all the time in the world to watch a two and a half hour. Uh, movie about twice. a well, there's no other way to say it. A music man. <laughs> um, did we watch it twice? It's up uh, for debate. We watched it once and then we fast forwarded through it once. And, uh, uh, you know, like, like, a, like a kid, like I used to do for nudie scenes and movies, but no nudie <laughs> scenes in this movie. It's 1961, and instead, we're just looking for songs. Uh, all
4: of them, they're all here. Did you know that? They're all
3: here. Yeah, every song that you've heard of, probably, in your life...
4: I think that's uh, just true.
3: ...was written by a man named Meredith in the 19... ...late 50s. Ni- the 19, late 50s. Uh, and he wrote a little play at the time. How about that? Ooh. Called... Mm, how about that? See? Things aren't always movie stuff. And that was... Called, and it was called... And it was called... The Music Man!
4: Thanks, um, Professor!
3: So I, yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess... Stuff, want- my my. <laughs> my open, my my open. I don't I don't know who that was. I don't know what just happened. We're gonna move past it. God bless. Um, my opening out. question for you, Steph, is I guess do you do you vlog with the Music Man?
4: Like not really. Isn't it, okay. I I'm really I, I'm always shocked by this. Like like I my relationship to the Music Man is entirely ambient. <laughs> It's, like, Uh I, like, might have seen another high school's production of it when I was in high school, but also, like, that might have been just a totally different musical altogether or, like, a a little, like, review medley thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, damn, all of these songs are in the American Zeitgeist and, like, Harold Hill just, like, I, without having, like consciously sat down and watched this musical I knew so much of this musical and maybe that's even because like I really liked um Ferris Bueller as a kid I like I like fixated on it <laughs> and so I followed Matthew Broderick and so when he was in the 2003 like maybe that was something I I like vaguely have that association
3: sure that happens right as you're in the the height of your high school uh theater days
4: that's right um, uh huh and Kristen Chenoweth is there too, which is like sure a fun. She's Mary, I assume yeah, got to be. Um, so yeah, that'd be,
3: be weird if she was uh, Winthrop.
4: <laughs> Although frankly, she's she, <laughs> I, she I got I the she hype could, for it. Yeah, and she she could she, could, she, she, could really she is pull built off to play list. Winthrop. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's I I guess the answer is no. I don't really fucks with the music man, but that'll okay. I think that's gonna change now. Uh, yeah, and and that brings me to ask you do you fuck yeah. with the music man
3: you know stuff i uh i was shown this movie in in a in a grade school music class uh by mm. i believe by our our, uh, our late teacher miss miss white uh and uh she i'll I just always remember the lisp kid you know as a as a kid we just we just thought that was funny of course now i understand it's a disability but the you know the time, you can't stop a ripple of third graders at laughing when he says something theftful, you know?
4: When he, like, um, refuses to call his sister by her name and instead <laughs> call her sister. The he's word so self-conscious so about his long. list but oh. he
3: calls her sister at every opportunity <laughs> when her name Marion has no S's in it, right? by all
4: accounts. Just trips off the tongue.
3: But, you know, Trouble with a capital T, like all that stuff sticks with you because you're mm-hmm. learning about letters. You know, you're mm-hmm. learning about letters. You're learning about rhymes as a kid. So all that stuff just really sticks to your bones. Wait, so you um, were like,
4: that does rhyme with T.
3: I knew that. Yeah, P and, T and P <laughs> do rhyme. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and then um, I-, I swear that at one point in high school, and this is just like a vague memory in the back of my mind. Uh, I went like maybe my mom had t- got tickets to the Music Man somehow and and gave them to me and I I took my my high school girlfriend to go see it I, I that like sounds right I don't know if that ha- I'm I'm pretty sure I saw a live production of the Music Man yet when I watched this it was though I was seeing it for the first time I there were definitely things here like the song Mary in the Library and I swear that I'd never heard before in my life. Uh, that's, like, one of the only songs in this thing that I had never heard before in my life, because, as you mentioned, these songs are everywhere. Uh, of course, you know, Till There Was You, like, I didn't even remember was here. You know, I just think of Paul McCartney. Boy, you (laughs) want to talk about speech impediments. Paul McCartney, that's the only song where you can hear them say, hear him really be liverpudlian as fuck when he's like, but I never saw them singing, (laughs) uh... And uh, so, yeah, all these things exist. Of course, we did Roast the Musical uh, for our show, Character Assassination, and Kent Carney, friend of the show, uh, played Harold Hill and opened with effect. a number. Yeah, opened with a great number all about roasting that he, I, I'm I'm unable, I found watching this movie that I was unable to enjoy the song Trouble without thinking about Kent's lyrics about, yeah. which, which maybe I'll reach out to Kent and see if we can put it at the end of this episode.
4: I would really love uh, that because it's it's a special time.
3: Yeah um but yeah all that all that said and done i i would have put money on the fact that dick van dyke starred in this movie <laughs> like a month ago
4: i think that i read that like he does late like after it becomes a thing i think that the rest of the world agrees with you and they're like hey can we can we get dick in here
3: <laughs> yeah he would have to he would have to um well there's a lot of movie here stuff so why don't we why don't we bring in our guests and talk
4: Ooh, about it can i go first I would love that. So, um my guest today is herself, a music teacher, a genuine music teacher. We met uh singing in the UW Madison's concert choir together. Um where she was one of like all my chunk of college friends who all grew up to be choir teachers and I'm just very genu- genuinely jealous of them. Um and Recently, Like, I don't... I want to say it was, like, within the last six months. She's not in. It was, like, last summer, last fall. Um, She played Marion the Librarian alongside wow. her real-life husband playing Harold Hill. And that is wow. just the cutest shit I've ever heard in my life. It's Bridget Duffy
2: Ulrich. Welcome, Bridget.
3: Hi, Bridget.
2: Hello. Thank you so much for having me.
3: Of course. I, I have to ask, like, what did you... What did you gain uh, as far as an understanding of the story from being in it that that maybe you didn't have before?
2: Well, I grew up with the music man. So my mom was in it in the 1960s in ninth grade. She played Ethel Toffelmeyer, as you do. And so (laughs) I grew up with it um, as one of those movies that we watch. And I knew knew every song. And I will ha- I will say that this character is not a stretch for me to play like Steph to <laughs> I'm actually a music teacher and I am um, you know, like maybe more straight laced of a person as Steph <laughs> as Steph knows. I did what you would do when you're when you're like Mary in the librarian. I researched it and I'm literally looking at my notes from when <laughs> I um played the part and I studied it and I read the book that Meredith Wilson wrote about the music man. So um did did all my research and
3: um is that but he doesn't know the territory?
2: It is. Yeah. Okay.
3: Uh, I, I also don't know which character Ethel Toffemeyer is, but I know that there's about six women that could be Ethel. I know she played one of the Ethels. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? <laughs> and what are they called? Are they called like the, the Pick a Little Ladies like or something? Yeah. Okay all right uh well let me bring in our other guest here he is uh the host of how dotty's fast track uh which has its own uh, uh legion of spinoffs and and uh patreon as well uh previous guest on the podcast for our uh renowned world renowned sound of music episode <laughs> uh, uh one of the funniest dudes i know Hal dotty hi Hal. hey hello now now, Hal, when I when I first went to you when we were taping our, our second episode of the podcast and I said, um, we want to have you on the podcast, what musicals, you know, speak to you, and you said Music Man and Sound of Music are two of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Me, like so not
4: what? not qualified musical movies, like just movies, right? Like yeah. of your oh, favorite yeah. movies. Oh,
5: absolutely. I mean, this is a weird one for me. This is much weirder. I I do feel like I kinda wanna qualify the music. Man. <laughs> because it is a bonkers movie it's a it's a very bizarre movie it's a weird movie to sort of try to defend note for note uh (laughs) and I don't even here's the other thing I don't even like the music in it that much like it's uh (laughs) it's not like Sound of Music My, my my relationship with Sound of Music is very pure and it's very uh it stems from a long long it's a long relationship that I've had since I was a kid and Music Man is a movie that just hit me at a time. And it just, uh, I mean, should I say, should I say my history with the, with the Music Man yeah, right now? Yeah, is yeah, the, please. yeah, do you? Okay, so the
3: music
5: man? <laughs> uh, weird thing. I, I'm kind of like Andy, but I think I memory hold it even harder where growing up, I must've seen it. We must've watched it. It was one of my mom's favorite, like movies from her childhood. Like she went to see it, I think in the theater Uh, when it was, I I remember talking to her about her going to see it multiple times in the theater, whether that was on the first run or, or later, I don't know. But, um, and I, it must've been on TV. I must've seen it, but like Andy, I couldn't have told you who was in it. I couldn't have told you what specific songs were from it. I don't have a strong memory of even, uh, even trouble or, uh, 76 trombones. I don't have like a big those are not big songs for me. So my girlfriend in high school was in a production of it, and she went to a Catholic high school that was like half a mile from my house. So I would go. I went like every afternoon. I went to the rehearsals for the Music Man, mm. and I could, until my adulthood, I could not have told you a single song they did. I couldn't tell you anything about any production number at all in that thing. I just Music Man was like nothing to me, and then so at some at some point like. I don't know when I was in my late twenties, early thirties, sometime around then I was living in a house with uh, a rent. I was renting a house with a friend of mine and he had this, uh, he had just bought the music man, like special edition DVD with the, that was very nice looking and sounding and everything. And, uh, and I had just gotten dumped right after Christmas. And I just sort of set it was the middle. It was right after Christmas. It was middle winter. I had nothing to do. I just gotten dumped. was feeling as low as I'd felt. In a long time, and I sank into the couch and I watched the music man and it demolished me. Like it destroyed me. Uh the last quarter of that movie just hit me really, really hard. And I watched I think I watched it like three times in the next couple of days. Again. And uh and since then it has just been a movie that uh that just it's it stuck with me. I, I watched it again for this last night and it, it did the same thing again. I just find the, it's really, really, it's a, it's a weird movie that has a lot of weird stuff in it. Not all of which I, <laughs> I love, but there's, but I love the, I love the basic guts of Marion and Harold Hill. And I love, um, and I love how much there is in it. I love how much <laughs> is always going on. Like it's just such a crazy (laughs) movie. It's got so many genuinely funny things in it and genuinely stupid things in it and genuinely surreal things in it that it just, I just,
3: I I can't, I can't get enough of it. It's like, it's like walking through Wonka's candy factory. (laughs) (laughs) It's a big ensemble piece, which is why, and I I should have mentioned this in my relationship to it, a very important piece of it, which is why I think the Simpsons really easily maps itself onto it in the (laughs) monorail episode. Uh uh because they also have a big ensemble of a town with a lot of people that can be doing a lot of things in the background. Well, I I think uh we can let me I can give a little background and uh and I'm going to talk about how this thing got made and where this thing came from. Uh so, uh the year is 1950, well, 1948, let's start there. And Meredith Wilson, oh, wow. who's the writer of this thing, he writes his memoir which is called <laughs> which is called And there I stood with my piccolo. I mean, is there a better memoir title in the history of the world? Uh, he, then he writes the Music Man, uh, based on a lot of the same themes from his, because he's from a town called Mason City, Iowa, right? Yeah. Which is sort of the basis for River City here. Uh, so he, he writes the Music Man and his, his first approach is to try and get it made as a TV special, which is wild. The, the fifties and sixties were a wild time where he was like, (laughs) what if we do this first as a TV special? And everyone's like, no. And he goes to MGM, tries to pitch him on a movie. They're like, no. So he brings in this guy, Franklin Lacey, to help him work on the libretto. Uh, and, uh, as I mentioned, he does write a whole book about, like, all the trouble that he has making this thing, uh, called he Doesn't Know the Territory, uh, and the, sort of a key moment in the development here is that he has this long piece of dialogue about the serious trouble facing the River City parents, and then all of a sudden he realizes that if he just, like, sets it to music, that it can be the patter song, You Got Trouble, and then, like, we're off to the races at that point, uh, Marion, Peru, was inspired by Marion Seeley, a medical records librarian that Meredith Wilson met during World War II. So basically no, no, um it's basically a one-to-one to this real person. Oh. Uh the in the original okay, now this is a fun one for me. How, any of you guys, when you saw the opening credits of this movie and it said featuring the Buffalo Bills? thought, oh, hell yeah, there's going to be a singing football team in this movie, like in Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs> like the Chicago Bears are going shuff- <laughs> to yeah, shuffle. the Super Bowl them. shuffle. I was like, oh, all right, awesome. They're going to come in and be like the high school football team. I didn't no. know
4: that we were doing that kind of stuff in the 50s.
3: Exactly, yeah. but... The Buffalo Bills uh, were, so they played the school board in the original stage production and in the movie. And uh, they, of course, are the uh, 1950 International Quartet Champions of the Society for the Preservation and Encouragement of Barbershop Quartet Singing in America. Uh, of course, commonly known as Speb mm-hmm. mm, um, Yes, Um Yeah. Uh, Robert Preston claims that he got the role of Harold Hill despite his limited singing range because the audition song was Trouble. And there's not a lot of singing in Trouble. It's patter, and he's an actor, and he knows how to like talk fast. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so he auditions with Trouble, and he gets the part. Uh, apparently, it's originally called the Silver Triangle. Can you can you verify that, Bridges? Is that in the book? Yep. Okay, yeah. It's called I don't the know singing anything tri- more than that, but... <laughs> okay, it's called The Singing Triangle, and the early versions of the story focus on a partially paralyzed boy, Jim Peru, who the townspeople wanted to consign to an institution for children with disabilities, and Harold Hill finds a musical instrument that the boy could play, a triangle. Ding! Uh, in some drafts, he was also nonverbal, and then one day, he's thinking about the Wells Fargo song that features a lisping kid in one of the verses, and he's like, oh, I can just make this lisping kid the kid with disabilities and just like there's this lisping kid that sings a verse and then never appears again. What if I just make him sort of <laughs> the heart of this thing? Uh, and so then they got rid of Jim Peru and that thus Winthrop Peru was born, of course, played in the movie by little Ronnie Howard, little but we'll get to that Ronnie later. Ronnie Howard. Uh, the, uh,
5: the, yeah. Real quick, because I feel like this is probably the best place to say this, but you you said the Buffalo Bill thing, uh, the Buffalo Bills thing. What oh, funny thing is if you Google the cast of the music man, the Buffalo Bill, uh, what's his like name? the The, the, the Wild minor? West guy, Buffalo Bill. Uh, yeah, yeah. Buffalo shows Bill up Cody. in the cast of in Google's like <laughs> auto auto generated <laughs> cast. Yeah. It's a picture of Buffalo Bill, and then it says he's the school board.
4: Which is really <laughs> I really. They. I love when they mess like, those up. Like five hundred like, years from now, someone like like has that as they're like, and then there was this musical, <laughs> The Music Man, and yeah. why was there a football team?
5: It did catch why me for a allowed. second where I was like, what is that why they were called the Buffalo Bills? <laughs> <Like> because <laughs> you're like, in some weird way he's connected or something?" But yeah.
3: Well, because they like he did do like stage shows after he yeah. was like renowned as a as a like stagecoach robber or whatever he was like he he did. He would go around and do these little stage shows where he pretended to catch robbers or whatever. And he has uh, a credit
5: in the music man now. So <laughs> And he has a credit <laughs> in the music
3: man. Um so the the play opens on Broadway in December of 1957 it runs for nearly 4 years it wins 5 Tonys, including best actor for Robert Preston and it beats West Side Story for best musical which is wild I agree, <laughs> I agree. it's it's revived it's on 2022 and and it runs until about 2 months ago with Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster but that's neither here nor there um okay a few more things it's produced by Jack L Warner he is one of the titular Warner brothers and uh he gets into his head that he needs a real big star to star in this thing and he offers it to james cagney he offers it to bring crosby both turn it down he offers it to Cary grant but Cary grant says nobody could do that role as well as bob preston and he tells warner that he wouldn't even bother to see the movie unless bob preston was in it so warner then he wants to go out to frank sinatra but at this point meredith wilson is like look i got final approval in my contract for (laughs) casting it's gonna be robert preston
5: i do love to think about frank sinatra in this in this role
3: (laughs) yeah because he i love to imagine uh, him so (laughs) i I haven't seen the matthew broderick one but i have a lot of trouble um conceiving of matthew broderick having that sort of dark side that like you you believe that robert Preston is there to fuck this town over you know what i mean and i don't know that i would buy that with with matthew broderick you know
4: i'm really excited to watch it with you because i think you're wrong
3: oh interesting
5: i think frank would take it in the absolute opposite direction where you'd be be too dark where you would be Mm -hmm. like this Mm guy's this guy's a piece of shit this guy's (laughs) scared
4: i want to run this guy out of town
3: so ron howard is finishing the first season of the andy Griffith show and he's like so excited to go back to school and be a regular kid again and be with his friends and then he gets the offer to play winthrop and his dad, Rance Howard, we just lost him about five years ago. He's in this movie as well, very briefly. Um, but uh, his dad didn't pressure him to take the role, but he tells him just it's a great opportunity. And at the age of seven, Ron Howard, a future Academy Award winner, makes the decision to most benefit his career and take this movie. Wow. Uh And he's fine. Um, it's, <laughs> he's seven. He's fine.
4: He cries on camera. That's pretty impressive for
2: seven. That's, he's not actually crying. <laughs> <laughs> they poured tears on his face. <laughs> they're like, they're like, you can see the
4: the like hose coming out.
5: <laughs> I think that's interesting. They gave they they were like seven seems young to be like. Do you want to do this or do you want? What go do you want yeah. to do? school or you know, I don't know. Well, Bridget, you <laughs> have a
4: you have a young kid. Would you let her kind of dictate that decision?
2: I don't know. That's a really tough question. I feel like you could do a whole podcast about you know, like stage parents and when to push them and when to when to not. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I guess well, if they don't if it.
5: they don't wanna do it, then it's kind of fucked up to be like you have to do
3: it. But right. true.
4: Why don't you think about it? Yeah. Um,
3: and a sort of a wild call. I mean and Wikipedia said for the time to me this was this would still be a wild call today. The stage director morton Dacosta directs the movie i love this why it sort of feels like a, a although you know it's it's not like there are terrible stage adaptations to screen this is not one of them it feels like a movie
5: i love it. um i love how much yeah. it feels like it's i love how much the lighting feels like you're Looking at a stage production. uh huh. Yeah. Like
4: throughout it, I feel like it does, it like dances back and forth between like, we're going to put together a big ensemble number and it's going to be for the camera. And also then like, we're going to like do a couple little fun tricksy things that we can do because it's film.
3: I don't have this written down, but I did read a lot about how this is shot on the Warner Brothers backlot on what they call Midwest Street. And uh, it's like used in a lot of things. It's in the Muppets, where at the beginning when they when they're singing "Life's a Happy Song," and it's uh, apparently the the setting for most of Gilmore Girls, uh, where like where the where the statue of James Madison is. That's where the gazebo is, and Gilmore Girls and everything. Oh wow! I just have a few more things before we get into the plot, which is that they altered several phrases from the play that the writers felt were too obscurely Midwestern to appeal to a broader audience. Um, there's Okay, first of all, do we, have any of you ever heard the phrase before, minced oath?
4: That minced one. Minced oath. oath.
3: Yeah, this was a phrase that Wikipedia called like a uh, a, a curse or like a, 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 basically an interjection, you know. And uh, in the play, uh, Tommy has a minced oath, a, a phrase that he says over and over, Geely Cly, and that was changed in the film to Great Honk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess E gods was also But E gods uh, is like sufficiently
4: yeah. universal. Yeah,
3: and great, it's great she, honk, right? That's it's, it's, great, it's honk.
4: Yeah. great honk.
3: Great yeah. honk. Yeah. That is so it is a really strange. Uh Let's bring imagine it back. The, Yeah, back. I love it. I always say that when I'm playing Untitled Goose Game. I say, "Grant honk. <laughs> um, and then Shapoopy, which has no meaning, and which was a word concocted by Meredith Wilson for the original Broadway show, was left unchanged, of course.
4: How are you um, going to change Shapoopy? You can't.
3: Yeah. The film had its premiere in Mason City, Iowa. And, and they're in the North Iowa Band Festival, <laughs> June 19th, 1962. Isn't that wild? This is an oh, Academy Award-winning like like film as well as i will tell you now it's the third highest grossing film of 1962 it's nominated for six oscars including best picture and a bunch of technical oscars robert presson's not nominated shirley jones is nominated but it only wins best musical score uh and that's sort of all the uh all the the pre-pre that i have for this and we can get right into the main
4: that's all like a very hollywood like old hollywood beats to it like i don't i don't know how to explain that more but i like it it feels very emblematic
3: Uh uh-huh it's a very like also it's it's up at like this is the year of to kill a mockingbird and this is the year of lawrence of, of arabia so it's like up against stiff competition at the oscars it was never gonna win
4: best picture sure sure, sure 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 well we do open with an overture and opening credits they're all formed out of a little animated marching band sort of what i'm talking about with they're like ooh, we have movie now <laughs> um and then we go to uh we see a traveling anvil it's... salesman oh I, I just
3: want i want to mention that it's like sort of a precursor to like um i don't know like better off dead or like christmas vacation like movies that have like <laughs> yes, cartoony opening yes. credits even though they're a live action movie. Mm -hmm. and it does sort of set you up for the something that I didn't know going into this but it becomes very clear very quick is that this is a comedy and I do think that this movie's like at its worst when it veers from being a comedy and that it's at its best when it is straight up a comedy
5: it has yeah it has genuinely like laugh out loud funny stuff in it absolutely yeah
4: Yeah. Um, So after our overture, we see a traveling anvil salesman who is being chased out of town, literally, uh, onto a train that is on its way to River City, Iowa. Um, We get our first little patter song um, where the train full of exposition fairy traveling salesmen tell us about Harold Hill, who is the conniest con of them all and how uh, his con is that this is just truly like, it's just, we got an opening song and it's like, Hey, here's all the background that you need to know. This Um, is
5: the, this is the craziest world building in any movie I've ever seen. (laughs) It asks you to swallow things that are so absurd that it, it's like so wild to me that you're like, oh, there's a, okay, there's a train car and it's all salesmen and they mm-hmm. all know each other and there's mm-hmm. a legendary salesman and they don't like him. And also they're going to Iowa, which might as well be another planet to them or something oh. like <laughs> Iowa is so weird to them there's all these like really strange strange things
4: it sort of sets us up for how many like emotional beats later on and throughout the show are going to just like swing wildly and you just have to go with it yeah like you just have to believe that everyone in this town is like all of a sudden like ooh over there over mm-hmm. here it's and, sitcom like, logic yeah exactly and,
5: and everything I think everything in the movie follows this it walks this weird line between. Real joyful silliness and some kind of maybe satirical irony where you're like, mm-hmm. where you're not quite sure is it a joke that Iowa is so strange or is that a truly held belief by the people writing and making this? Is it like, are they being, are they exaggerating and making absurd the idea of a tr- legendary traveling salesman or do they think that that, or is that like something that you could truly? conceive of sincerely like I think that the movie is constantly like uh it's it's so often riding this line between silliness and irony and like some kind of satire and some kind of uh like very Norman Rockwell sort of sincerity Mm. or whatever
0: Mm
3: -hmm. yeah if I didn't know that he was from Iowa the writer I would think that this whole movie is a metaphor for the Iowa caucus (laughs) Because it's about people that come to town, sell you on something you don't need. Every like, Iowa is the most easily distracted state uh-huh. in the world, so they just get them yeah. to look over here at the thing they want them to look at, uh, and then they all uh, leave with their suitcases that has their name printed on it in three thousand <laughs> point font. Suitcase bought. with your name on it. <laughs> I, also, or like,
5: the, uh, this is a thought that uh, that came across my mind several times when I was watching the movie that because I didn't know he was from I- Iowa, it makes sense, but like that you just pick a random place on the map and you're like, what if? We pretend like that's the weirdest place on earth Mm
0: -hmm.
5: you know
4: there's um a line in a song they're coming up on where they like where they like talk about how much how i o they are um iowa stubbornness and they're talking about like how you pronounce it and they say like well we pronounce it that way sometimes but we don't like it if you do Mm-hmm. And that feels like that same little, like, inherent contradiction.
3: Some of that yeah. Nolens bullshit.
4: Yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> San Fran. Y-
4: you Louisville people.
3: <laughs> Louisville, please. <laughs> That's how we say
4: it. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so we hear about his con, which is that he, uh, <laughs> I really okay. So his con is describing it's weird
5: because it's it's a weird because
4: it's not okay because is it a con? So like they're, they're they're describing this thing as if it's like the most ridiculous thing that they've ever heard, and it is that he goes around selling band instruments and band uniforms, and that's and like and then and then also that like he does this with the promise that he's going to teach them how to play the instruments. But he doesn't actually know anything, and then he leaves. And now all of these people have um instruments that they don't know what to do with, and that's his con. Like, he
2: he upcharges music instruments. That's that's it, yeah. When they were writing it, they didn't they debated when to reveal the con that was like in the earlier drafts of Mm -hmm. it, which I found really fascinating. And then, like, my argument would be, like, you said, like, is it actually a con? Like, right,
3: right well part of it is that he also gives them instruction books
2: yeah that's new he started
4: he, he tells buddy oh, hackett okay. spoiler alert buddy oh, hackett's okay. coming uh oh, yeah. and he tells him that it's part of his expansion
5: the only thing that's okay. fraudulent about it is that he says it's fraud like that's what's so funny about it he's, he comes in and he's like yeah I'm, I'm cheating all these people and then he like sells them instruments uniforms
4: I do think, like, sort of what we're saying ends up being the resolution to the movie. Yeah. So that is, like, a little bit like, oh, it gets us it. ready for it early on. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, But I do also love the way that we transition from this train into River City, which is like all of these these dudes on the train are like, he's ruined Illinois for us. He's ruined Indiana. He would not try that kind of thing in Iowa. They won't have it. And then Harold Hill jumps up like, oh, intriguing, a challenge. And then he hops off the train waving. And we know that it's him because he has this suitcase with his name on it like you do. (laughs) Um, so here we get to River City. Uh, we just get a little introduction as he goes into town. It's like any Midwest small town. Uh, the entirety of the town population like slowly gathers to look at the stranger and to tell him about Iowa stubbornness and how, how distrustful they are of him. And then he bumps into his old friend, Buddy Hackett. He has a name, but I'm just going to call him Buddy Hackett because that's what he is. <laughs> Uh, and he's gonna serve the function throughout the show of uh letting us the audience see Harold Hill's like genuine cowboy exposition as opposed mm-hmm. to the charming facade that he's presenting to the town. Um, as yeah, he, like, Buddy Hackett. Down. I
3: mean, I, so I I talk a lot. Uh, I talked a little bit about this in our in last week's episode after um, regarding the the Paul McCartney song that I wrote for it, but uh, I always can eyeball. comedian and no pun intended because buddy hackett's the most cross-eyed comedian (laughs) that ever existed by design you can see buddy hackett is like he can't dance he can't sing but like he knows how to sell a joke and so that's why buddy hackett's here now i also want to mention that during the the town number you very quickly eyeballed a friend of ours uh from white christmas uh, Emma, the the woman who works at the hotel, is one of the uh, pick a little ladies. And in, in I was
4: movie. thrilled. I had no yeah. idea.
5: She's in so many, so many movies. Like, mm-hmm. she's in a lot of like
3: big, memorable movies. She's great in White Christmas. She's she's great here. She doesn't get enough to do here.
4: That's also true. What is this? Is like I know ten years, years after White Christmas?
3: Uh, it's uh, it's Mary Mary Wick
5: or something like that,
3: isn't it?
4: Was she Ma- sister yes, Act? yes, Mary Wicks. M-
3: Mary Wicks. Oh my God, is that her and sister? Act? Is that
4: her and sister? Act? Wait, yes. Okay, I'm going- yes, it is. Oh, holy shit! All
3: right. Wow, wow, what a moment for me to realize that that is the sister one for sister. Mary sister
4: Mary Lazarus. Wow. wow. Mm-hmm.
3: Love wow. that for her. What a okay. what a
4: iconic. dink iconic career.
3: Yeah, We're that's blessed. a movie that we'll talk about on this podcast. That counts as a musical.
4: Hell yeah, it does. That was like, I think maybe, well, specifically Sister Act 2. That's what I was going to say. I'll come back for that. <laughs> yeah. For <laughs> yeah. Back like, in the Habit? My first short list, I was like, here are the ones, and it's like Sister Act 2 and Grease 2 that are both like, okay, we do have to do the first one first, I guess. I
3: don't know if there's a better musical moment in the history of film than Oh Happy Day and Sister Act <laughs> 2.
4: Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> but we're not here to talk about that. But Mary Hicks is in Iowa now, uh, and... <laughs> Okay, Wicks. so Wicks. Mary Mary Wicks is in Iowa, excuse me. She's um, playing
5: she's playing a Mary Hick in this in this movie.
2: And a chick.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And a pick. Yeah.
3: And a pick a little
4: pick a little chick a little hick a little uh okay so we okay so buddy hackett is um like kind of giving us giving hill the little rundown um, yeah what's his real
3: name he says his real name george
4: i i literally didn't write it down it's it's like worthington Greg. oh it's it's marcellus Greg. washburn oh yeah and, and oh, harold oh, that's hill's that's harold hill's real real name yeah yeah right
3: he yells out yeah. Greg. Yeah, and we don't know, we never learn if it's a former alias, his real name. We it's don't not know.
4: important. He's Harold Not right important,
3: now. exactly. It's funny that it's Greg, though.
5: That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> um, so... Like Dwayne. Dwayne. Oh, Dwayne! Dwayne. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very exotic name in 1961.
4: Yeah. <laughs> we didn't have the Gregs yet. No. Um, so he tells Greg about, uh, all the people in town, including the librarian who also teaches piano, um, and he'll, like, he's, like, asking, like, okay, is there anyone in this town who knows music because I'm gonna need to distract them, and so he, like, immediately sets out a plan that he is gonna woo the librarian piano teacher. That's, like, number one. Um, and then we also meet the mayor's wife who, her name is, is great. It's y- Yulele Shin. What a name. There's a middle name.
2: Uh, Ulely Mckechnie.
4: Mckechnie, Shin. there it
3: is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, yeah. The joke here is that he's like, oh, uh, yeah, the the librarian. Let me know. And then Buddy Hackett points, and we see the mayor's wife walk well, because <laughs> because the music man says, "I'll I'll back her into a corner and fog up her glasses <laughs> or something." And then he points to the mayor's wife, and and uh, Harold Hill says. I'll do it but I won't like it. <laughs> he's a Which gross a guy. Dark joke. Yeah. He's a gross guy. He's the, a gross,
4: he's not a good guy.
3: He's like I'm
5: going to fog up her glasses. Every time he talks to Marion, he gets way too close to her face and he mm-hmm. sticks his finger in her
3: face. Mm-hmm. He is a uh yeah, he's like a repulsive guy. <laughs> there will be more than one song about how much he likes loose women.
4: We do get to meet her and we follow her into the library um so that we get a little exposition here because she uh uh Eulalie is upset that Marilyn the librarian has given her daughter a book of Persian poetry that features people laying
2: about and eating sandwiches. How <laughs> dare you? I do have to say this scene is not in the stage version. Interesting. And I think it does add something quite nice to it because you get this interaction between the two of them and you get Marilyn, you know, setting up her Disagreements with uh mm-hmm. with the women of the town, so yeah, it's mm-hmm. great characterization
5: for Marion. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Also, it's our first introduction to the library, which is just gorgeous, beautiful, beautiful
3: set. Yeah. yeah. Where
4: like where does this tiny town in Iowa get all of their money for their beautiful infrastructure?
3: It's also the first time in this movie we're going to hear the word Balzac,
4: and not of, of many. <laughs> Um, so then after, so then, uh, we leave them and we go back to, uh, Buddy Hackett and he is telling us that the town just got a new pool table and Professor Harold Hill is like, that's it. I got it. I'm going to scare them with some footloose crap and that will <laughs> sell them on the need for my marching band. And this is how we get into, you got trouble in R- in River City, which is a better patter song, a second patter song. <laughs> Yeah. In
3: seconds, he develops this this idea to distract the entire town. He starts grabbing people with it. And I mean, it really, I mean, there's no way around it. You really got to say this town is really dumb. <laughs> 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 because because they are all so on board immediately with the first thing that he distracts them with. And he is, he's using things that are not um, bad and describing them as bad in order to get them convinced that bad things are happening. Like, is your child saying the word, what is it, neato? or something like that it's like oh, very yeah. innocuous words uh and and you know is he reading uh co- you know all this stuff and and uh yeah anyway
5: yeah it's more it's more silly sort of absurd stuff there, there's a ton of like absurd little uh towny people jokes as he's coming into town like uh, th- that's one thing we we could say when when he's first meeting these iowans for the first time it's like a bunch of jokes about how weird iowans are but he, he asked one where a good hotel to stay is and he's like chicago or or something you know (laughs) yeah try the palmer Palmer house House in chicago right right yeah but the um
4: they don't know about the fugitive yet which is which (laughs) the the dramatic climax of which takes place in the palmer house in chicago that's just a little aside (laughs) sorry
5: (laughs) the thing in the in the trouble song they're making a distinction that i've never quite really understood i've never had like clarified and it might be another one of these like absurd things that doesn't matter like saying, "Oh, your kids are saying these nonsense words or whatever," but he makes a distinction between billiards and pool. Is like, <laughs> is a pool table? Is that what has pockets? And there was an earlier thing called like a billiard table that didn't have pockets.
3: That had like I've the seen... little uh, things that like like bumpers. They're like little, you know, like bumpers on a
5: pool. On a, well, on that's a pinball table. I think though, though that's like a snook a snooker table. Okay, It has, like, All right. has the little uh, pinball things on it. But, um, see, but that's
3: why there's a pool house and they're getting a pool table or a billiard hall and they're getting a pool table. What the fuck was the billiard hall before that? Yeah. That's my question. I kind of think think it's about the the one
4: without pockets. Yeah. Yeah.
3: He's like making a thing about because he does
5: have one like little line in there about how if anyone can sink it in a pocket, which is like, so it's that's even more. It's Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's really, really absurd that it's not just that billiards is coming to town. It's that pockets on billiard tables are coming to town. He calls that sloth.
3: <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people do. <laughs> the first big step on the road to the depths of Degred Day, and then he goes off to another. <laughs> He's very easily distracted even
5: in the middle of his own song. That is a song that I don't really want to like because it's so annoying, but <laughs> he se- he sells me on it so hard. Uh, in the in the movie by the end of it i'm like this this rocks
2: it's fun to listen to your spouse practice that and try to learn all those (laughs) lyrics for weeks and weeks of your summer (laughs) so yeah
3: i (laughs) I did find uh this is what he says first of all uh is he starting to memorize jokes from captain billy's whiz bang which is a (laughs) comic book at the time and then he says are certain words creeping into the conversation words like swell and so's your old man." man (laughs)
4: <laughs> I love so's
3: your so's your old man.
4: <laughs> so after trouble, which is I think, well, so after you got trouble, is the actual name. Uh, he, the song sort of winds down, and he bumps into Marion trying to like start her, start his little grift, and she just, oh yeah. So buddy, ha- we're the, all we're signal, all doing the air
3: piano. We're all the doing the little
4: signal, <laughs> which also okay. There's a great thing That this movie does, which is it like tries to incorporate stuff that's happening organically in the space, like the um rails on the train, like are, are like choo chooing in rhythm to the song, <laughs> or like when they do the little air piano thing, like we hear keys playing, so like mm-hmm. we're like and they're, we can they're picture like it.
3: in in key to the end of You Got Trouble, like it's yes, it's like works exactly. with part of the song, there, yeah, exactly.
4: Um, but Marion shuts him down, of mm-hmm. course, and then she goes home to give a little piano lesson, which is a song, um, in which she and her mom are going to, like, fight with each other while singing along to this girl's piano exercises. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, oh, and what I have written down here is to take a little scolding from her mother for not being slutty enough.
3: <laughs> yeah.
4: That is her awful. mom's
3: a widow. She wants her to be out there.
4: Yeah um and this is also where we meet her cute little brother with a lisp played by seven-year-old ron howard um and then she sings "Goodnight, my someone just like to herself yeah. out a window so that we know that she is really truly a lonely spinster and she's ready I for know. Love.
3: one of about three songs she's gonna sing that all have the same sort of idea at the center of them which is that she's looking for somebody yeah. and that one
5: is also while her student is playing the piano mm-hmm. right? yes so and like- then
3: she sort of sings the end with her yeah
5: when you have a music teacher or a, or a, uh, or like a, I, I, I had a guitar teacher. I know I could get going on like a story and I wouldn't have to play anything. You know, <laughs> I can't tell if this is a, if this is a best case scenario or a worst case scenario. Cause if you screw up, you're screwing up your teacher's song, but she is also very <laughs> distracted throughout the entire lesson. And that, so it seems like, I don't know, it's too dependent on the music probably.
3: But also you gotta be like, holy shit, we should start a band me and my teacher. <laughs> I'm playing this whole song and she's singing it
5: yeah yeah we, we've we got a great combo here but uh, to <laughs> just to, to sort of piggyback on Steph's point the uh, about how the music fits in there's all this atmospheric mm-hmm. music that fits into the songs themselves I think and this is, um, there are a lot of things that I compare this movie to Sound of Music on and one of the funny things about this movie versus Sound of Music to me is like in Sound of Music music is Every, it's in the atmosphere. It's everywhere around us. It's like what we live for. It's what we wake up for. It's this magical thing. It's this, uh, it makes people more honest and more true and stuff. And in The Music Man, music is this like chore or it's a thing you do <laughs> to distract someone momentarily. It's like this very, it's much more functional, mechanical, and a little bit like weirdly sinister at times or, or weirdly like uh, tiresome. You know,
4: I sort of um, yeah, I totally know what you mean. I sort of like thought of that as um, building on the like Iowa work ethic. Like oh, yeah, if you yeah. have time to be sitting around and singing, then you should be doing something that is like productive and helpful for our community.
3: You got time to sing. You got time to clean. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. And it's definitely. like
3: it's like America
5: versus Europe. In those two movies, basically, is like that, that, uh, that, like um, that, um, I guess, American Protestant work ethic versus. But like, the thing uh,
4: is, too, that, and this is something that I would love to hear Bridget's opinions on as a Midwestern choir director, because, like, I also think of the Midwest as having this, like, great choral tradition um that like comes out of Iowa like i i don't i mean not just out of Iowa but like is also is also present in Iowa from
3: the places where chord is yes
4: yeah um so like i that is sort of it's a funny juxtaposition there
2: yeah i definitely don't see it in the same way that you guys are seeing this because in in this time period everyone played piano and everyone sang for fun. So it was part of your day, you know, mm-hmm. like and maybe you're talking about more like the function within the story and this particular plot, but I just think of this like as an age where every home had a had a piano in it and that was just mm-hmm. what you do it did and you you got sheet music and you learned the the newest songs and um so and and just Going to the end of the, the story when Harold says there's always a band kid, you know, like uh-huh. like that kind of the music is everywhere and the and they celebrate it and they're so excited to have it even if it's not very good, you know. So uh-huh. I kind of see that that side of it, whereas in the sound of music it's more of that like the shiny, polished competing kind of side of music whereas this is oh, like yeah, we're yeah. just ce- we're celebrating that they they play even if it's not the greatest thing you've ever heard so
5: <laughs> yeah no that 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 makes sense i think i think in it they've they've done a trick in the in the music man though on that where it's kind of implied for the sake of the plot that like marion's the only person in town who knows anything about music hmm. because hmm. She has to be the she has to be the only barrier for Harold Hill to tell all these people that he knows something about music.
3: I do also think it's very funny that he plays on all their like sort of Christian seated fears about, you know, the pool being the devil and the way that he gets them is with a jazz band, which <laughs> was very much like, yeah. you know, part of prohibition and everything and part and definitely the devil's music and The you know, the devil's lettuce was involved, all that stuff.
4: That's, that's what they called
3: time. weed back then. That's for that's for that's for our April twenty fourth episode. Spoiler alert. Yeah, it is a morally weird thing because they're not. They're, he doesn't
5: make it overtly Christian, and evangelical, and then also like they're, it's a town where they all like. You know, there's like a no, well known about make out spot. That yeah, like <laughs> people's parents are pressuring them to go to and stuff. Like they it's not a uh, it's not clear like they've they've left all of that stuff very vague. Like what yeah. is guiding it sort of, the morality. It
4: reminds here. me of the line from um Pleasantville when they're having the town meeting and the mayor's like, Now thank God we're in a bowling alley. <laughs> like, thank God we're safe. <laughs> <laughs> so the next day. Everyone is gathered at the high school for the Fourth of July as- assembly. This is where we get some shoehorned racism, just because it's Ooh, the 1960s. Yeah. Um, but I forget
5: about that scene every as soon as it goes away. Every
3: time I watch the movie, well, the what? real the real hero of this movie, little Tommy, little yeah, Tommy
4: interrupts it with this part. He's going to save
3: us from it. Yeah,
4: he's I like, was like oh is no, it's just going to
3: be a whole song. Oh no, oh no, and
4: then Tommy <laughs> interrupts
3: it so quick.
4: Preempt. He's like, no, 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 we're gonna get canceled yeah, in the future. yeah
5: The least observant custodian or security guard or whatever guy in there because Tommy <laughs> yeah. like went up on essentially he on stage. Past him. <laughs>
3: yeah. And then runs back past him to a seat, and then the yeah. guy turns around and says, Who did that? Who did
2: that?
4: <laughs> um so this this like sets off a rabble. Um and Harold Hill like runs around behind the scenes being like, We gotta save our kids. Um, and encouraging the rabble so that he can make his big pitch with 76 trombones. There are 76 trombones in the big parade. Mm-hmm. Does anybody have big thoughts number. about
3: them? Big That's number. A lot. That's a lot of trombones. It's too many trombones. I'll say that. <laughs> Arguably. It's trombone heavy. Yeah, very trombone heavy band. And then I, don't even get me started on the cornets. Uh, but, or bassoons
2: uh, in a marching band? No, <laughs> <laughs> Have you no ever seen a bassoon marching? <laughs> <laughs> it would be very um, difficult.
3: And he's gonna sort of <laughs> re- like a little
5: got one of those little carts that you bring an IV along with.
3: Got- <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's gonna sort of rile them up throughout this whole song, which is like many songs in this movie. Going to have like a ten minute dance break in. Oh, fully, uh, yeah. yeah. It's like a J Lo video in the two in the late nineties. Yeah. <laughs> um. And then, uh. And then he, They're gonna like start marching out into the square and everything. Yeah. Uh, it's and... A lot of jumping
5: in the dancing. I really do. I like the dancing a lot. It's very high energy. It's very. I, I want to talk dancing.
4: about how all of these children immediately every child in town is like participating in this dance number, and they have clearly had like a basement
2: pirouette class that they've been <laughs> hiding. Yeah. These kids are great. Yeah. Just the swinging in from the ropes. I love that part. <laughs> mm. <laughs> just like flying. I just can imagine that in any gym.
3: Uh, Marion is going to pretty quickly like go to the mayor and be like, hey, you see what he's doing, right? Like, You see that this is all... He's like trying to sell scene. us a bunch of instruments. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, first of all, I do want to say I do think the better move for him would be to work out a deal with the school and just sell all the instruments to the school rather than try and hit all these parents individually. But what do I
2: know? That's also not in the play. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's not in a the theatrical version. She doesn't like say that. He's just more suspicious. The mayor, on his own. Yeah, interesting. So I it do. Gives okay. Her a little more power, which is kind of cool. Yeah. There's a line
3: as a as a wrestling fan that I have to point out here, mm-hmm. uh, which is that the mayor says, um, "I haven't seen Iowans that riled up since Frank Gotch and Strangler Lewis lied on the mat for three and a half hours without moving a muscle." So I don't know. <laughs> About a real three and a half hour match between Frank Gotch and Strangler Lewis, which is his real name, Ed the Strangler Lewis. Uh, But Frank Gotch. You you haven't watched that match. I haven't watched that (laughs) match in particular, but these are two real wrestlers, Strangler Lewis and Frank Gotch. Uh, Steph, you'll be happy to know that uh, uh, Claudio Castagnoli. His finishing move is the Gotch Neutralizer, which is named after Frank Gotch. I
4: am happy to know that. <laughs>
3: he's, he's Swiss, which is why his move is called the Neutralizer. But it was invented by Frank Gotch, who's, who's name dropped here in the Music Man. And, uh, you know, I can only imagine a three and a half hour match would be quite captivating. <laughs> Just watch <laughs> an, a- an hour and five minute match between MJF and Daniel Bri- Brian Danielson this past week. That was uh, 5.75 stars. So I can only imagine uh, how great that would be. So, this has been my uh, wrestling fan checks in on the one wrestling reference in the movie <laughs> segment. Uh, back to you guys in the studio. I
5: feel like i should I feel like I should, we should be punctuating that some way, but I wouldn't know what to do bark like <laughs> a dog okay. or I feel or like what, we're just
4: laying I'm... flat on the mat for three hours now. Yeah. <laughs> um so Marion like you know punctures the little balloon that the mayor i I really do like that we see the mayor like so many times get swept up in it and then like have to tumble down and he's so, so i really i he's like so this. this yes and he like sells it so well
3: he's he's dropping malapropisms the whole time uh-huh. like strangular lewis uh-huh. the thing that he, he
5: does he, where he he screws up a word and everyone looks at him and he takes a beat and then he goes yeah
3: that is so <laughs> funny to me
4: Whatever's up with the phrase, phraseology.
3: I love a porky pig. I love a a porky pig where you try to get it out for five minutes and you can't. And then you just change Uh it completely. Uh God, he's funny. So
4: he's going to uh, go to the school board and send the school board to get his credentials. What does that even mean? It's like it even sounds fake. Um, But the professor distracts the school board by making them into a barbershop quartet. Uh, and I, I Bonkers. love, this is, Bonkers. it's not the first time that we've seen him just kind of point at someone and be like, you're a music star now, yeah. but like, it is so explicit that he kind of just goes like, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. And then all of a sudden they are the Buffalo Bills.
3: Yeah. In fact, I would kind of love to try, there's four of us here. I would kind of love to try what he does to get them into a barbershop quartet. Can we, can we do the ice cream, uh, bet? Sure. Okay. Hal, you seem like a natural bass to me. Ice cream. Um, <laughs> I think Bridget. Okay, or probably no, probably Hal Steph, staff Bridget. Should I hold right. it? Man, I was really hoping to get that high one though.
5: Should I hold it?
2: Oh, Should okay. I go yeah, and hold it? Yeah, yeah. I can yeah. I can be the baritone. That's fine. Okay.
3: Okay. All right. And then and then Steph, you're the. Uh, I don't know that. Look, I don't know the names. That's all concept of this. And then what's the high high one?
5: You're the yeah. sizzle. You're the sizzle note, Andy. You're gonna sizzle. Okay. All right.
3: In, in all
2: right. barbershop, it's bass baritone, lead tenor.
3: Lead tenor. Okay. All right. I love that. All right. So, all right, let's try it. Here we go. Ice cream. Ice cream. Ice cream. Ice cream. <laughs> I think we got a new career on our hands. Oh, we're gonna have to. Do God, what to an awful thing to do. <laughs> I
4: know real barbershop quartet singers.
3: Wow. I. I a do year too.
2: twenty twenty three. I mean, I guess both of you do. Well, that's what I love about this too the barbershop, like society, subscribes, or whatever you said it is. Uh-huh. Um, they talk about how you're singing for yourself. It's not always about the performance and about that. And I think in our world right now, I see this a lot, like with my students, we always feel like we have to record it and show it to someone, you know? Uh-huh. And like, I like that this like old-timey like you know you're just you're just making music and you're having fun singing barbershop tags together i love that element of this like it's just so Mm -hmm. unique to this musical and this story
4: there's um i wrote it down later but i want to talk about it now there's like there be these these guys just sort of like walk around the musical like lightly singing to each yeah. other and they just there are several moments where they just straight up like walk through the frame and don't stop and don't interact with anyone and they're just sort of singing to each other it's very lovely there are
3: several moments where they do a whole song where they should have been walking through the frame <laughs> right? And maybe a bit that should have lasted 10 seconds <laughs> yeah 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 they uh they become like this animal
5: like the, this <laughs> uh, collective thing, and it's it is like it is very it's joyful to watch because <laughs> they it's like it's like you're seeing some guys who've never had fun in their life, and yeah. then suddenly they can sing, and they're like, well, they haven't liked
3: each other for 15 years, yeah, we yeah, and then all of a sudden they're harmonizing beautifully, uh, and uh the, straight up both times we watch this when they uh Come in to get them while the pick a little song is happening, and then uh Harold starts them on Good Night Ladies, and then when that finale happens, when they get to the end of Good Night Ladies and Pick a Little, I clapped in my living room <laughs> spontaneously. <laughs> it, it, truly, both times I did because it is very like live. That would absolutely crush. Oh yeah. That would. I was just thinking about how much that would crush live when it happened, and it's sort of like there's a lot of songs in this movie, like You Got Trouble that and 76 trombones that like should have a big ending but they don't they just sort of fade into the next scene and this Mm -hmm. and that one for some reason gets a big flourish ending and it's like like you would see live and it it's very impressive to me it like it evokes all the things of like oh i should be standing and clapping right now
5: yeah it's a great um for me that's one of those moments where it like feels like i don't like all of the individual parts that much i don't care about barbershop music i don't I, like those aren't my favorite tunes in the movie or anything like that, but the fact that there's just so much going on and it's being controlled so well and delivered so well, it's per- it's perfect and it, yeah. it I get wrapped up in it.
4: Yeah. So we see, uh, we see Hill going around the town, getting people signed up for the band. We see how all the old biddies are so excited for it, except for Eulalie Shin, who is reticent. Oh no, she's reticent. <laughs> um, and they, uh, they gossip to him because they're all in love with him. Uh, and through this, give him Marion's backstory, which is this is the song "Pick a Little, Talk a Little." Um, and then we also get offensive
5: to have a bunch of ladies talking, and then and then cut to a bunch of chickens (laughs) (laughs) pecking on the ground.
4: I that that so if you haven't, if anyone hasn't seen it, and then is just like relying on us for the plot, there is a so important shot. Where it's like all of a sudden, instead of being the, instead of looking at the ladies face on, it's over the top of their heads and they're all wearing hats because it's 1912. And so they all have these elaborate feathered hats and it, they're sort of like bubbling. And then just really quick, it, the camera like flashes to mm-hmm. a full, like overstuffed chicken coop. And, yeah. and the song continues and then flashes back. That's it's it. like a, it's
3: like a scrubs bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the whip pan to the, to the
5: <laughs> chicken coop. Commentary that no other group of people gets. Like, no other people group of people gets like, oh, you're just like a bunch of animals in a bunch coop. A bunch of pecking hens. Yeah.
2: Their costumes are even like the same color story, which I never noticed. <laughs> yeah. But now I like direct musicals and think about those kinds of things. And so I was watching, I was like, oh, I see what you did there.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. A, a joke that probably he wanted to do on stage and there's not a way to do on stage, but is able to do it in the movie by mm-hmm. just sloppily putting a shot of some hands uh-huh. in there yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. and yes, I do think it's both offensive and works <laughs> it's cute, cute. Like, so yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's <laughs> yeah. it like the
5: cutest way to be
3: to be like to be like that yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the cutest way to be like that. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be the name of my first comedy album. It's <laughs> the cutest way to be like that if that's what you want to be and then there's that's a picture
4: of you as an adult but it's like a glamour shot so like, oh, that's
3: your low. that's your here's
5: your sign thing is you'll be known you'll be known for you just say a bunch of non sequiturs and at the end of it you're like that's the cutest way to be like that
3: well, that's the cutest way to be like that <laughs> audience so, goes crazy they say it with me yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's gonna say
4: it, <laughs> he's say it. get there we also uh, then get a little song uh, from Hill to Buddy um, about how he doesn't go for innocent females, called "The Sadder but Wiser Girl." <sighs> about how he doesn't—he doesn't like innocent mm. girls. He likes sad girls. Um, and for some reason, the little kid Amaryllis, is there for this song. Like they sing it to her. That's so yeah, why? inappropriate. Why? I
5: don't. I don't understand this scene. There's a part of me that thinks maybe. It it's, like, supposed to... They're supposed to be doing this so that she sees it, so that she tells Marion that this guy's actually, like, sensitive or something. But it doesn't... It's not set up like that, and it doesn't play out like that. So See, I, don't, it, I don't understand what the... It kind of read like
4: to that. me like he... Like, they had, like, a contractually obligated number of tap dancing numbers that they <laughs> needed yeah. to make. And so they were like, there's a spot where we can put one in.
3: Yeah. This is, like kind of a very 2023 mindset to me is like oh no i like goth girls you know what i mean like (laughs) it's a very funny way like he's basically singing about how he doesn't like prim and proper girls he likes uh, does he say experienced what what does he say i mean but the 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 way he he sums it up is sadder sadder but wiser (laughs) um which is a very like it's not a simple concept it's not like it's not a a pretty neat little package. To, yeah, that he that he's using this particular phrase, uh, right. sadder but wiser. I don't really know what to say about it, but it's because, like, he, again, he's it's the cutest way to be like that. He's 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 not wrong.
2: <laughs> well, as my husband would call it, also the sadder Budweiser. <laughs> so he would like kind of try to sing it like that. Because he is kind of like Harold Hill in real life, you know? Yeah. And I, um, the sadder and Budweiser I, girl. The sadder <laughs> the Budweiser girl. The least popular girl. mascot they ever <laughs> <Right>. had. <laughs> but also, how much, how much of it is true, you know? Like, is this an act he's putting on for his buddy where yeah. he's trying uh-huh. to, like... like? So we had those discussions a lot where it's, like, like how he seems like he's, like, this player or, like type, right? But uh-huh. is that true? Does he just talk like that? Like how much of that is is real? Because in order for me as, you know, playing in my community theater um come all low budget production of this, I I needed to genuinely like fall for Harold Hill. So I had to find every little excuse in the book. Well, that's just an act and that's not him, you know. So <laughs> And we don't know. We don't know. Like, question.
3: Part of this is we don't know anything about if if what anyone says about him, including himself, is true. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, because later the Anvil salesman, who's trying to out him, is going to come in and say that he's he's had a girl in every county in Illinois, and that's 102 counties. Uh, right. And we don't know if that's true or not.
5: And that's yeah. And that's but they could all be the sadder but wiser girl, and also <laughs> there are a lot it, of sad know, girls in Illinois. It's like not. It's not a. It's not good to be like a masher and a con man and prefer a certain type of girl. Like it's not, it right. doesn't actually make him any better if he's right. like picking the the right type of mark for his, uh, for what he's doing. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it it is a, it is a, it, Andy, you said it right. It's not a neat little thing you can put in a package. It's not, I am 16 going on 17. It's not like easy to know
3: exactly what everybody's doing here. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. He, I love the line, I hope and I pray for a Hester to win just one more A, which is a, a Scarlet Letter reference. Wow.
2: Well, and it's like the I've, counterpoint. I've it's that. like the partner song to My White Knight or in the movie Being in Love, where it's like mm-hmm. their I want songs. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And so they have this like kind of laundry list of things. But is that really what either of them actually want? Right.
3: It's, so, it's sort of a weird thing to have an I want song that's sort of maybe just a front. Mm-hmm.
4: And I love that. That's sort of like what this whole exploration, like this movie, it, it hasn't really yet, but like the back half of this movie is very clearly like about their love story and like them finding each other. And so that is a really interesting like way to kick it off because their love story is full of like do you feel this way about me? Do you feel this way about the real me? You don't even know the real me, but you maybe do know the real me. Like what all of those questions swirling around. So right from the song, he goes to the library to like make his first big woo um and he's on her territory and he sings a dang song at her in the library which is a very intense library and he sings the song mary and the librarian and once again rouses all the rabble and like gets everyone in the library to sing and dance along
5: okay. one of the biggest scandals you could you could do back then was uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> make, make that much noise in the library <laughs> Or the library, as they everyone in the movie says, library.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I loved this number. I love all the choreography in it. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of like fun sitting down choreography, which is always fun to me. Mm -hmm. Um, The set has all stairs choreography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a point where Tommy almost falls off the the top the top level, and then is saved by uh, uh, what is her name the the mayor's daughter. E gods. E gods
4: is her name. Yeah, um, exactly. Zanita. Z-n-e-da. Zanita. Zanita. Okay. Like right. Anita, but with a Z.
3: Yeah. Good stuff. I like this song. This is the, again, this is the one song that's like kind of a, a hit here that I had never really heard before.
2: Well, and I also like, it's like you see him as this Pied Piper, right? He gets them all mm. singing mm-hmm. and he gets yeah. the barbershop, all, barbershoppers all singing. So it's like, even though he doesn't have these musical qualifications, he's still like, Getting the music going in this town. So mm-hmm. Yeah.
5: Mm-hmm. He gets Marion dancing in her own library. And, and she like, smiles. Yeah, yeah.
4: That's a big deal. She's yeah, not previously yeah. been a smiley person.
3: Fellas, fellas, if you take this lesson to heart. If a woman <laughs> doesn't like you, you, just pester the ever living shit out of her Shh, for about a no, week. No,
4: you know what? Let's not <laughs> it worked for Harold Hill and it and that It was a
3: different time. It was a
4: different time. So then they contrive a reason for uh, him, Harold Hill, to explain to Marion's very Irish mother, who we have previously met, but I—I I just, re- she's really Irish in this scene, uh, that he is originally from <laughs> Gary, Indiana. Gold medal oh, class bot five.
5: It's <laughs> a little hard to tell.
1: you to die, Harold
0: Hill.
4: Like, I'm pretty sure they had to set this in 1912 because if they had set it any later, like, they would have had to address the fact that she's about to lose all of her family in the Titanic or something like
0: that. <laughs> yeah.
5: It's so uh, funny. It's so funny when Harold <laughs> Hill does exactly what I did. The, the oh, are
3: you Oh, are you oh, <laughs> um And then she, she, this is the one song where she, like, really, she starts to duet with him for a little mm-hmm. while and her voice is... So cacophonous. Yeah. Um that I had to do the I I turned to Steph uh and said as Bane from Dark Knight rises, What a
1: beautiful singing voice <laughs>
3: When is this?
5: When is the scene where he go where there's the two kids sitting in like a mm-hmm. kid a house, cl- clubhouse, or swing or something? Oh, it's
3: it's a, before that when he's going around selling the That's, instruments. It's, yeah, it's right before that. It's scene. like these yeah. two hick twins.
5: Oh my god, it's so <laughs> <Yeah>. funny. <laughs> that shit yeah. is so funny.
3: And he gets them to sing. They clearly have no. They can't carry a, a uh-huh. tune in a bucket. What are they? What do they? What words? Do they I say? don't remember what he has them sing. Uh, Bridget, do you remember?
2: Oh, well he he's like talking about perfect pitch like sing this no yeah and I don't remember if they sing oh, yeah. term, it. oh yeah there's
5: it's but... a phrase he makes them sing a phrase and they're like
3: bah, bah, bah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like wow you have two children of perfect, perfect pitch, pitch. <laughs> this is incredible it's awesome that's like what I sound like when I say I have perfect pitch all the time <laughs> it's like he's he is he's is a uh he's a disgusting guy
5: but like it would be so fun to walk around a town and just blow everybody up like that would be so fun uh
4: marion also sings after gary indiana uh the mom's like no why don't you like that guy's really great um and she sings another song here about wanting to be in love another one another one is on.
3: dj Khaled would say uh the song gary <laughs> indiana i'll say it contributes almost nothing uh uh-uh. to the musical it's very cute um but it, i guess it's just him furthering his backstory and then we're going to learn of course that he says he went to graduate Gary, Indiana in aught six, but like the town was not established until OT six. That's what it was. Um, it's the, but and it's still the best song written about Gary, Indiana. And Michael Jackson's from there. So I'm <laughs> yeah. saying something.
5: I mean, unless you, unless you consider that any of Michael Jackson's songs might be about
3: Gary, Indiana. Yeah. Smooth Criminal is probably about him coming to Gary, Indiana and selling uh, clarinets. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Put it all wow. together. Wow. You thought we
4: wouldn't get it. We got it. (laughs) That was a sequel.
2: There's a sequel there somewhere.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Just Harold Hill walking down the street and all the sidewalks light up as he walks. You know, that's maybe uh, uh, a different song. Doesn't matter.
4: (laughs) Okay. So, um, as we just mentioned, Marion is going to figure out that he's faking it by looking in her convenient copy of the Every School in Indiana book. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's yeah, like a,
5: it's an encyclopedia sized book.
4: Like, and, the... and it's just of like schools in Indiana from like ni- 1890 to 1910.
5: That's it. Implying they have one so for like every state, every state at yeah. that point.
4: Yeah. Um. And she is about to uh, confront him with it. But then the Wells Fargo wagon is a coming down the street with everyone's instruments. And uh, that includes her little brother. He gets his cornet, and he is so happy that she just can't bring herself to take it away.
3: So she rips a page. She rips the page out she that has the, the incriminating out. evidence before yeah. she gives the book to the mayor. Still gives yeah. the book to the mayor for some reason. <laughs>
4: um, right. Sends him on a week of, of reading it.
3: The Wells
5: Fargo song in the movie is the stupidest thing I've seen in my entire <laughs> life, and I love it.
4: I love it I, so much. This it's gives so me stupid. It's like the most Midwestern small town energy, it's, it's the most accurate Midwestern small town energy of like, this is, of course you would get excited, it's the one time when like something from the outside world comes and like lets you, lets you like touch everything that happens out there.
3: I tried to skip it because I thought it was a targeted ad. <laughs> it does feel like it's an ad. <laughs> a it's like all right about it's a
5: stupid ad in the middle of the movie like. <laughs> People are singing while they're like scrubbing their laundry in a big in a big uh mm-hmm. in a
3: big bucket. It's awesome. People are singing all about the things they've gotten from Wells Fargo. <laughs> this one guy's like, uh oh, Sears Roebuck sent me a pants press and it's like, you ordered that. They didn't just send <laughs> like, you. A pants they didn't pro. just
4: yeah. like think you'd like it. <laughs> yeah. That's how it You're worked not an back influencer.
3: then. <laughs> well, they just dropped
5: stuff off the back of the truck as they went through town. Yeah, it's
2: like Santa. Well, my four-year-old calls it the Well Sparkle Wagon. (gasps) So it is maybe a little bit like Santa. (laughs) The
4: (laughs) Well Sparkle Wagon. Oh, that's really cute. Yeah, like it. Um, Okay, so then all the kids have their instruments. So we see band practice. Which is um, the professor telling them that all they have to do to play Minuet and G is to think Minuet and G. <laughs> and then he bails and lets Tommy lead the group in like humming exercises and then goes to flirt with Marion at a soda fountain. While mm-hmm. the mayor did. Could, like I this is so I, I think they've mentioned it a few times at this time at, by this point. Um, but he calls this his think system. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. is like an early version of like the manifesting the secret. Yes. yes. <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah. That's at the core of this movie. And <laughs> what I want to say is that like he's not wrong. That is that is really important to it. <laughs> There's a lot of things that There's you can other use the system for. Do.
3: <laughs> I don't know if music
5: theory is one of them. <laughs> I mean, he's. I think he's a better music instructor than the than the Whiplash guy than uh, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> that's a low bar, Hal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I'm saying that's a. Mo- I think you'll get to you'll get to real music quicker with the Think method. Interesting. Than with All the right. throw a chair at the <laughs> guy method. All
3: right. Well, that's one way of looking at it.
4: <laughs> um. So he does go on <laughs> right flirt with Marianne and soda Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Bridget, the music teacher, is like, don't come anywhere near my students.
2: (laughs) I I was also just like, I don't feel like I should chime in on this. It's like someone whose job it is to actually teach music.
4: What do you... Wait, I want to ask you, though, like, as someone who has to get kids excited about music, like, what do you think does that?
2: Like, do you have any tricks there? Well, I definitely, like, go in their yards and tell them they have perfect pitch. (laughs) probably my my first order of business. Um, No, it's very yeah. it's very complicated, but essentially you're building relationships, to try to get to know the student, and you know yeah. go from there and meet them where they are, and try to push them a little bit. So
3: yeah, are you trying to use things that they already care about uh, to get them interested? Sure, this could be a whole it's other also, podcast episode.
2: Yeah, definitely. It's also like just me being enthusiastic about whatever we're learning helps. So if I if I can, you know, sell them on whatever song it is that's in front of us. That usually does a lot of a lot of good. But you know that from having working with other people, you know what what motivates you, what makes you enthusiastic. It's not just a teaching thing. It's everywhere. So
4: what I'm hearing is that Bridget is endorsing the Professor Harold Hill method.
2: <laughs> well,
3: that's our headline poll quote from this episode. Yeah. Oshkosh teacher endorses Harold Hill's <laughs> method.
4: <laughs> Hide your kids. Hide your band uniforms. <laughs> so uh, Harold goes to flirt with Marion at the soda fountain. There is a scene where we see the mayor just continuing to de- de- deteriorate. Um, and Marion gets another song, another chance to sing another song about being in love, this time as a duet with the barbershop quartet. Um and it's very, it's very cute. It's very sweet. I love her dress here. It's
5: very sweet, very sweet moment. Is the the soda the soda scene is where uh, the mayor says uh, says of his wife that she let out a poop. He says nice. not he says not one poop out of <laughs> not you. one not poop one, out of you not one poop out of you.
3: And, go,
4: and she like laughs yeah. at him in a way that makes it clear that <laughs> yeah. that's just like part of her life is laughing at him. Yeah, <laughs>
3: uh-huh. and it's not the last time uh, in this movie that we'll hear the syllable poop. There's going to be a whole song where we're going to hear it a lot.
4: It's coming up. Um, So as they wrap up the barbershop duet, uh, Charlie the Anvil Salesman from our opening scene comes by and uh, tries to hit on her for a minute before letting her know that he is here to blow up Harold Hill's spot. And Marian- yeah, his
3: words, which I thought was weird.
4: Yeah, it was very um, <laughs> progressive for the 60s. Um, and Marion steps up and flirts back to distract him. She even kisses him. Marion's, yeah. like, in it now. Yeah. She's learning.
3: She's eating and about it.
5: She's using every every uh, tool in her arsenal. <laughs> she's she's uh-huh. got game. Uh, I, I, think, I think it's funny that, like, basically any... You could be any kind... However honest of a salesman you are in this movie, you are still a complete fucking creep.
0: <laughs> like, like I don't in know if he's supposed
5: another. to be more honest than Harold or as much of a as much of a schemer as Harold or but just jealous or whatever. I don't know. But it's funny that there's no you never meet a salesman in this movie who's like a, a good guy at all.
4: Yeah, and it's sort of um I like that this scene gives us that. He's not in it to help anyone. He's just right. mad that Harold like got yeah. in the way of his own shit. Yeah. It's not really like they're like important the, they're like the we...
5: mafia. They're like the Sopranos basically. They they're, <laughs> the they're, they're
4: like the train riding yeah. Sopranos. Um so now there's a town poopy. I don't there's not more explanation for it. It's just this is this is the town dance night and it's a town poopy. And this is um, Buddy
3: Hackett's like one song that he gets to lead.
4: <laughs> And all the girls it's are glorious. in big pink it's puffy incredible. dresses. It's it's another, like, the whole town shows up to dance. Great dancing, like this,
3: great song.
4: Yeah. I feel like this is one that if you, this is one that I knew. And, like, I, I didn't know that it was for sure from Music Man. But then yeah. when it started, I was like, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh.
3: This song is sort of yeah. This is a song I actually knew because of Family Guy because That's there is what I was going to say. <laughs> okay, yeah. It's like there, shot oh, for okay. shot the same. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there is a thing where Peter uh, is he joins the New England Patriots and his uh, super his touch. What's it called? An end zone celebration is singing this song for three minutes, a fully <laughs> three minute version of this song. Um, but yeah, the song the song is kind of the opposite of "Sadder but Wiser" girl. This song is all about how you want the girl. Who won't kiss you until the third date?
4: That's your poopy.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. a woman who kisses on the very first date is probably a hussy. A woman who kisses on the second time out, she's anything but fussy. But she waits for a third time around. Feet on the ground, head on the class. That's the one she's glad he's, he's glad he's she's listened out. to
4: the song two times. It's just in him. <laughs>
3: Again, yeah. a lot more times than that on the Family Guy <laughs> DVDs in the early two thousands. Oh, okay,
4: that's right.
3: <laughs> that's right. It it is a it's a showstopper. Like everything
5: Absolutely. about, I got it. Yeah. Everything yeah. about Live, it, it would crush all, me. All yeah. cylinders incredible sequence and it's at, it's like two hours and ten minutes into the movie and yeah. it has nothing oh, yeah. to do with anything in the rest of the story at all at all it, it's incredible
4: uh, so plot wise what's happening is that like hill is going around collecting the last of his money before he's gonna like head out on the last train um and then he's gonna meet marion at the footbridge which is make point um, yeah
3: literally he goes there and there's like teenagers running in and out of crevasses <laughs> in the uh-huh. in the trees like just just playing grab ass or whatever it is they're doing but they're
4: also doing like very choreographed like they're yeah. like there's someone in the background like doing lifts
3: mm-hmm. it's
5: interpretive grab ass <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: One oh. Grecian urn. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we haven't even talked about the Grecian urns. About, we, we don't have time to get into the Grecian. Urns. I mean, yeah, that seems like a subplot we could avoid <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's just move on.
4: Um. So at the footbridge, they are just like hearts out, and Marion finally confesses that she has known since his third day in town that he was full of shit, and that she loves him anyway. Because he made all the people smile and they sing "Till There Was You," and it's very just sweet. I have no complaints. I love this yeah. song.
5: This is this is the part of the movie that just demolishes me. At, literally every time I watch it, because it's like, and, and comparing it to Sound of Music, it's also it reminds me a, a little bit of the silhouetted gazebo scene um, when when they're saying a, some when they're singing something good,
3: something in mm-hmm. my youth or childhood, somewhere in and my youth or childhood, yeah. And,
5: and it's a similar kind of like flawed love dynamic going on Mm -hmm. here that i that i absolutely that apparently just just hits me in the heart every time because uh there's something about acknowledging that the guy is a piece of shit and telling him (laughs) that you know he's a piece of shit and saying you don't even have to stay you don't even have to be here anymore i am just telling you that i've fallen for you and i love you no matter what and that i don't know that just it it's uh, yeah, it's incredible. very
3: sweet, and you may want to talk to a therapist about that. But also, um, yeah, I, I uh, yeah, I, that's but, what we're doing here. Today. <laughs> <laughs>
5: you guys are gonna sort me out.
3: The like, so meanwhile, the town is sort of on to him, right? Yeah, and meanwhile, then, but, there's
4: a mob that are literally yeah. gonna tar and feather him.
3: Uh, so yeah, we're so then we're it's a full on manhunt, right? Stuff,
4: so yeah, so now it's uh, this is like a sequence where it's sort of just like. The direct. They went to every location that they've like established as the town, and they put extras or like the various townspeople lining the sides, and then said go, and like their only direction was run across the screen in any direction. <laughs> like there's no like pattern or rhythm to it, but like it does a very good job of, of creating this sort of chaos feeling. Yeah, um, grab
5: grab a tiki torch.
4: Yeah, literally <laughs> uh, off of the Shapubee decorations. Yeah. yeah, Um and sort of a disturbing tableau and
3: tableau in 2023. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh-huh.
5: I, yeah, I, I definitely thought about <laughs> I definitely uh-huh. thought about that while I was watching that scene. Yeah,
4: um, but he doesn't care. He's walking Marion home, um, and he refuses to leave town because Marion likes him just the way he is. And they sing a little mashup of their songs to like show us how in sync they are um and And then the townspeople beat him to death Mm -hmm. Mm
3: -hmm. (laughs) yeah those songs are bridget as you mentioned they're they're like musically the same they just are different tempo and that sort of allows them to duet with these songs because 76 trombones and good night is it good night my someone Yep, same yeah they're the same notes yeah it's a fun thing and then they get to trade off to where he's singing (laughs) good night my someone and she starts singing 76 trombones fun scene yeah
4: um and he also gets to confess to little winthrop um which is where we get this like seven-year-old ron howard crying and he does have a line read here that i love which is he's like can you lead a band
3: Mm
4: -hmm. (laughs) it's just very cute Um, no no i can't nope and then they catch him, and they have a little impromptu trial. Marion gives her defense of him. Um, that's just like, hey, we all had a good summer because of this man. Um, and then, as if to, like, prove it on cue, all of the boys in town show up in their uniforms and in- with their instruments. And they start playing Minuet and G, which, again, they have never done before. Mm-hmm. So, like... When we watched this for the first time, I thought that the, this was about to be like a hook situation, where like all of a sudden, they, like either colorful goop started coming out of their <laughs> instruments, or like or I don't, I don't know what. Um, but actually, what they happens man, is they
5: manifest it. The Think System, yeah, makes exactly. Them a good band or whatever, and they yeah.
4: they play it, and it it sucks. It's not great, but none of the parents care. Their parents are so proud to see it's, their precious little boys up there.
3: Like it sounds like what it would sound like if kids yes. played those instruments. Yes. Like it's it's 100%. it's out of tune. It's bad, but it's roughly there. And like and that's all the parents all are takes. so proud. It's it's all very they cute. want
4: is to see little Timmy up there, like doing his thing, and that's it. Like that everything is forgiven. Because they're all so proud. And then we get another little, like, movie magic moment where, like, all of a sudden they're in, like, slightly nicer versions of their uniforms and they leave. Uh, and we get, like, the 76 trombones, but we actually see 76 trombones coming out of the high yeah, school. Um, the band's a lot the, bigger. The here. 10 minute end to this musical. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah.
5: Yeah. The mo- The moment where the band is playing and they sound bad. Uh, the the combination of they, they march in and you're watching it and you're thinking, okay, I'm watching a musical. Obviously, they're going to be good. Obviously, they're going to sound... Something is going to... Some magic is going to have happened. And then the punchline being... There's two punchlines right in a row. One is that the band sounds bad. And the second one is that immediately one of the ladies stands up and goes, that's my
0: boy! And, like, <laughs>
5: freaks out about it. And those two together always hit for me. That is such a funny, like place to land after
3: all of the emotional stuff that's just happened. It's yeah. so good, yeah. um the and then, yeah, the band is very big. i, I I'm not sure if it's like, a time lapse thing or a fantasy sequence, the end of this movie, where all of a sudden it cuts and there's a giant band with a seven, with actually 76 trombones, you know, and they're marching down the street mm-hmm. and everything. Do you guys have any insight on that? What I've always
5: think? assumed it was, like, a year later. I've always okay. assumed
3: that was what happened there.
4: Interesting. I sort of took it as both. I sort of took it as, like, this, like, you don't know which way, if it's, like, real or if it's just... If it's just, like, whatever the fantasy that he is, like, spinning for them. And, like, it could plausibly be either.
3: What do you think, Bridget?
2: I agree with Steph. I think it's it's sort of ambiguous and it's kind of, like, what is that next step for Harold and Marion? You know, mm-hmm. if they are in love, like, does he actually, does he stay there? Does she go away with him? You know, like, all those kinds of questions. I think it's kind of nice that we don't get a clear answer
3: has got his foot in the door. Well, that's that's kind of it as far as the the, uh, the plot of this movie.
4: Like, having having come into this, not having any relationship to the music man, like, I definitely left being like, this is a movie that I'm going to watch every couple of years. Like, this is immediately a delight.
3: I would love to remake this. I know they did it in 2003. Uh, I would love to remake <laughs> this now. I'll get it down to about an hour 40.
4: Ooh, yes. Um, Maybe and- we
3: can tighten it up a little. Bit? <laughs> oh wow, some some shade from Bridget when I said that. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm gonna agree with Bridget. I
5: I, I like that. I kind of don't understand when people in general complain that a movie is too long because I'm always like, what do you what do you got you got to go somewhere and look at your phone <laughs> instead of <laughs> instead of enjoy being in the movie. Uh, but this movie for me earns every second it gives you it gives even stuff that again i don't like barbershop music and this has a ton of that but i feel like everybody is earning their place on the on the screen even when it is just a barbershop they're doing like gags and things Mm -hmm. and there's stuff going on at the same time and there's like counterpoint melodies and things it's like uh it's a i think it's i think it's perfect i think it's a perfect two and a half hour movie
3: like for that time well, can we talk about, if we were to remake it, uh, is the, I, I think it's it'd be fun to talk about who you would want to see as the music man uh, in that role in particular. Or if you have thoughts on other roles, too. But, I mean, it's such an iconic role that there must be someone that jumps to mind for some of you.
2: Probably not Hugh Jackman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard
3: much about his uh, his portrayal of it. but I
2: do know, like, the Stratford... Uh festival in canada like they did a stage version of it and they had a black Harold hill and i think that does change the story a lot but Mm -hmm. i think that's like a cool um that change that that changes like if it works um but yeah i don't know i was thinking someone who's like done some theater like a jake gyllenhaal or someone like that but oh yeah yeah i don't know Yeah, I I I would buy him being evil, Robert Preston. (laughs) That's what I was sort of.
3: Evil is a funny word, Robert Preston. Now, (laughs) I was sort of thinking about uh, Leslie Odom.
4: Oh, uh, Oh, interesting.
3: Burr from Hamilton. He has that sort of darkness where you could buy that he's there to to hurt you at first, but later would buy. That he I feel
2: like that wastes his vo- his vocal ability.
3: Maybe you're
2: right. Oh, but maybe
4: this is why. Maybe this is where we can like expand some things, and we can like really so give him
2: add. Yeah, make yeah. it longer. Add a ballad for him. <laughs> Sadder but wiser actually turns into a ballad.
5: <laughs> now, what I, about what about Christian Bale? But in the in the uh, disguise makeup from the Prestige, what if he's like a real scruffy? <laughs> Fake Christian Bale yes, that you don't I even know is Christian mm-hmm. Bale. Um, I, would, yeah, I would like, to, I'd like to, I'd like him a little scruffier. I think scruffier would be cool. Would be a cool angle on him. I was going to also... suggest
4: Ryan Gosling, and I feel like he would be a little bit mm. of that scruffiness.
3: I was going to suggest Ryan philippi, which is a different Ryan.
4: Is it? <laughs>
5: <laughs> you know what? I, I Gosling's actually a really good choice because he's like. He's he's that he's like kind of hot where you get away with stuff and yeah, he's very exactly. charming and he's like yeah I think he I think he would actually he's got a little bit of like a, a like a snaky vibe to him also sometimes
3: I just can't picture him getting excited
5: about things yeah talk to me, me after true. we've
4: seen Barbie this summer
5: okay yeah maybe yeah you definitely need somebody with a lot of charm yeah and probably like I mean but. I, I want to say hot, but like Robert Preston's not that hot. He's just got this, like, he just has this animated face. Or I know. He like
3: looks like the host too. of Unsolved Mysteries is starring in a musical. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. The thing with updating
5: this musical to me is I th- I feel like you have to do something about the fact that. That he's not like by today's standards, even more so. I think the the idea that he's that he's cheating this town is like something is an old idea and Mm. and any salesman now is gonna say no that's just being a salesman you just show up and you just you just bullshit like we all kind of have this notion that anybody selling us anything is bullshitting us and i don't think i wonder if you'd have to make the fraud bigger if you'd have to make him more like a trump type of guy yeah what if it's toby
3: jones as his very donald trump like character from jurassic world fallen kingdom (laughs) Is that, oh, is I that didn't ring, see that' I didn't, one.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't i didn't see fallen kingdom yet uh um, so i don't know but the, you don't uh, need
3: to <laughs> <laughs> yeah Working my way through the series very slow. <laughs> very Working slow. my way through the series. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah. Well. Can, I have,
4: what What song would we add to it?
3: That's a great question. Uh, so, the, as as you know, how you've done the podcast before, uh, we mm-hmm. whenever we do this, we talk about remaking it. We we would have to do the thing that every musical remake does, which is add in one more song to try to get that best original song Oscar. Uh, so I thought a lot about what song. Where would I want a song here? And for me, it's the scene where it's the manhunt, right? it's the the scene where they're all going after Harold Hill, and I would want to bring in a specialist they need some they need a specialist to come in and search for Harold Hill. Someone and what if it was someone who had sort of a similarly pattery way of speaking, you know, someone who's who's hunted for for fugitives, let's say in the past.
2: I do have to say I've been waiting for this. And throughout our discussion of the plot, I was like, well, maybe it's going to be the anvil salesman gets like his moment, you know, and I kept I kept wanting to ask like, you know, where what is missing? What are we
5: going to add? A song about how heavy his suitcase is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got this burden he has to carry from town to town.
3: Well, so in case you guys haven't figured it out, uh, I'm the, the person who I'm referring to is Tommy Lee Jones's character from the fugitive cinematic universe. Okay. Uh, and uh, and so I just wondered what it would be like if he was the person they called in to so search. So another, another Palmer another palmer Uh, house (laughs) yeah uh, yeah uh, connection yeah once again so this is the song i wrote it's called the fugitive man and this is the song where tommy lee jones comes in to hunt for the music man uh here we go the fugitive man on musical the movie the podcast all right listen up ladies and men our fugitive has been on the run for an hour 11 average foot speed over uneven ground bar and injuries is four miles per hour that gives us a radius of 4.76 miles. I want a hard target search of every warehouse, farmhouse, hen house, outhouse, dog house, lighthouse, summer house, white house, bird house, fun house, guard house, nut house, school house, blockhouse, dollhouse, flop house, wheelhouse, whorehouse, greenhouse, poor house, coffee house, smoke house, firehouse, boat house, one house, two house, red house, blue house, playhouse, and outback steak house around. Your futures' name is Harold Hill. He's wanted as a slanderer, philanderer, gerrymanderer, stealing bamboo from an endangered pander, cheating in the video game Wing Commander, and taking a salamander from my niece Amanda. Sir, I can also tell you in all candor, he snuck into the movie theater during Highlander. You gotta be joking my ass. So I want a search. I want a hell of a search. Shut down the highway like OJ in 94. We gotta catch this man. This music man. Here's a picture of the sick f***ing twist you'll all look for. Says here he's got a parade hat, parade shirt, parade pants, parade shoes, and a parade baton. You know what? Just look for the singing idiot with the whole parade costume on. He's also been known to be followed around by 76 trombones. So for safety's sake, if you see more than two trombones gathered, just pick up the phone one or two trombones sure that could happen on just about any street just be concerned if you see three or more trombones meet if it's a 76 trombone bonorama well then it's probably his one more thing who here knows what the hell a cornet is i want a search i want a real big search this man's buffoonery i cannot abide so find this man this music man I want SWAT snipers set up on the countryside. Ugh, let me go! So it says here you're Marion. You aided and abetted this music man in his crimes. I didn't do anything. I don't care. Do me a favor and look right here in this pen.
4: <laughs> Whoa, twist.
3: There it is. That's the song. <laughs> uh fugitive man, thank you. Um I guess uh, got a lot of got a lot of IP there. You got to clear. Uh, <laughs> I, I I do uh, want to mention that I I took a line from Tommy that Tommy Lee Jones said in real life for that song, which is that he famously said to Jim Carrey during the filming of Batman Forever, "I cannot abide your buffoonery." <laughs> I cannot abide your buffoonery. <laughs> um. Yeah. Other than that, he comes in. He searches for him. That's it. That's about it.
2: Have you all seen Schmigadoon? Not yet. I mean they play on this where it's like the Marion story and like the school teacher. But like in that they the Winthrop character is like her son. So some people think that like in, I in thought Music that. Man, like what if Winthrop's actually Marion's son? And I don't know. Well,
3: I hope that Marion remembers that after she gets hit with the neuralizer at the end of the song. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs>
3: Uh, well, as good a time <laughs> as any to mention that uh, the only place where you can find all the songs you hear on Musical the Movie of the Podcast is at our Patreon, patreon.com slash dumbfun, uh, which is the Patreon for uh, not only our podcast, but 30 characters where we're dropping bonus mini episodes as well as uh fanny falls demon hunter which i'm still working on uh getting the last episode done for but there's 12 episodes of that that's one of my favorite things i've ever done in my entire life So uh i uh heartily recommend that people check it out uh it's a uh it's a improvised podcast with scripted elements that basically plays like two uh two washed up actors from a buffy the vampire slayer type show uh doing a podcast about their heyday uh with that all out of the way how uh, Hal- cool. I'd love to be a guest on that. Oh sometime, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hal's referring to the time that he was booked as a guest and uh, overslept despite <laughs> it being a three in the afternoon <laughs> recording uh well, but it's a nap it's not over sleeping when it's a, when you completely <laughs> forget and you just go know. to sleep i mean we can get some semantics and experts in here yeah. but um how uh what what do you want to plug I, you've done a number of podcasts that i've always been there for when you've asked me to be there for them <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah well there's Hal Dotti's fast track which is currently between seasons um, so there's not anything in the main feed right now, but I do three bonus episodes a month over on my Patreon at patreon.com/slash, howledaudi h o w e double l d a w d y, and uh, I also have a radio show with uh, my friend the possum called Big Howl and Possum Radio Hour, and we have a podcast that comes out every Thursday
3: um, called uh, the Big Howl and Possum Podcast. Now, so a couple things: one, uh, it's confusing when you spell it because you say a double L and then later you say double U. But you don't mean two U's. You mean the letter W. Wow. You know, I never thought about it. I
5: never thought about that. I <laughs> never thought that someone might think that there's two U's. <laughs> w. D-A-U-U-D-Y. Uh, that would be, du- be a pretty Dutch spelling of
3: my un- <laughs> right probably now. Dutch name. Um, you, uh, I just want to mention what Fast Track is, which is that you and a guest write a song in 30 minutes. And then oh, yeah, you produce true. it and the guest sings on it. Uh, we, for the main feed, you and I wrote a great uh, song about the, the dread of oncoming death, uh, <laughs> a pop song about, about the dread of death. Yeah. Um, we wrote a very psychological song, And then which on I, the, which I love. Yeah. And then on the Patreon uh, version, we have written a few things, including a, a song about Chicago hot dogs and a song about what it would be like to engage in sexual activity with your own avatar from the movie Avatar. And, ch-
5: and Chicken Pot Pie. Don't forget about Chicken Pot Pie. And Chicken Pot pie, pie, which I drew some
3: inspiration for for last week's uh, episode of this show, where I had to write another Paul McCartney song. So, mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Steph, what were you going to say? Oh, nothing. Great. Um, well, Bridget, uh, is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh,
2: absolutely. Well, just like Harold Hill celebrating music in... Small town, Midwestern cities, I encourage everyone to go and see your local amateur theater performances or volunteer or donate anything you can do, Um, even if it's, you know, like the end of the music man where the band is not so great. There's still wonderful moments to celebrate. You know, that's what I loved about doing this. It's a community theater show. It's like everyone could be in it and everyone could be a part of it. And like I hope someday I get to play the mayor's wife. Like it's just one of those It's one of those tales. that's just um I don't know, it's all about just people joining together and and making art and so I encourage you to support your your local schools and what they're doing. I love that. Oh, okay. Uh yeah. stuff.
4: I would like to plug purchasing an instrument that you do not know how to play and do not have a way to learn how to play just to maintain the idea, the mere promise of possibility. I think there's a lot of power there. Hell That's yeah. I'm going to get a theremin. <laughs> um,
3: and, uh, and I'll just mention uh, we're going to do That's a roast- the most Think Method uh, instrument. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be. Yeah. Uh, We're doing a show here at the Chicago Laugh Factory on April 2nd called Roast of the Unroastables, which we, you know, we do these roasts every month and we're throwing all of the, all of the characters that everyone tells us we should not roast onto one roast. Mr. Rogers, the Crocodile Hunter, LeVar Burton, Dolly Parton, Betty White. uh, They're all going to be on a roast together. Roast of the Unroastables, April 2nd. Uh, Tickets are available for that now, Uh, as well as we'll be doing another roast, which might be that one, uh, in Louisville at Planet of the Tapes the first weekend of May. And I will be headlining a weekend at Planet of the Tapes in May uh, a couple weeks oh, wow. after that. So check out planetofthetapes.biz for uh, info on that. And uh, th- that's it. You guys, Bridget, Hal, what a delight to have you guys here. Thank you so much for joining Thank us. Thank you
4: so much. Y'all right, are yes. a delight.
3: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having Thank me. You. Of course. And I do um have some brochures I need you guys to look for for some instruments that I'm selling just before we get <laughs> out of here. So if you guys will look through those, I appreciate that. Uh mm-hmm. for the listener, uh, we will be back. I believe we've decided that our next episode will be one of the best movies of twenty twenty two. I'm uh, so it, excited. It's up for a best original song, Oscar. It's a little movie called R R R. Uh like if
4: you I I we are recording this before the Oscars, but I am so certain that they are going to perform something at the Oscars that's going to be, like, my favorite performance <laughs> of the night.
3: Yeah, this comes out the day after the Oscars, and they, uh, they hopefully will have done the, the song that they're nominated for, which is an incredible scene in the movie. Um, and so we are going to try and get together an episode about that f- in two weeks, and we'll see you then. Uh, thanks, everybody. Bye! Bye!
1: Bye-bye. Well, got trouble, my friends. <laughs> trouble right here, yes, right here in River City. Why, sure, I'm a comedy fan, always mighty proud to say I'm always mighty proud to say it. I consider the laughter to be the best medicine for what ails you. Helps you to know what's the deal with airline food and why women be shy. But <laughs> just as I say, it takes judgment, brains of maturity, to tell a crowd of people why you might or might not be a redneck. I say that any douche, why any douche, can peddle cheap insults and call it comedy. My friends, let me tell you what I mean. And a roast you got one, two, three, four, five, six, Desperate souls. <laughs> <laughs> clamoring! I said clamoring to get an applause break instead of a boo. That's right, I said boo, and that's said by ghost and that rhymes with roast. And next thing you know, your comedy scene is fruit! I said fruit away, they're harder to tell instead of developing a type five or recording their podcasts. Why they're building elaborate costumes. Trying to figure out an economical way to tell Robo copies fat. <laughs> that's right, the insult comic's brain is the devil's playground. Filth and vile, devoid of compassion. And the next thing you know, you're on stage at the Oscars getting slapped in the puss by Bagger bag and stuff. That's hysteria! <laughs> That's trouble right here in River City. With the capital T and that stands for toast and that rhymes with gross. Oh, you got trouble, my friends. Right here in River City. We gotta take it back to back when Gallagher was cool.
0: <laughs>
1: Get got trouble, 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 trouble. Mothers of River City. Heed this warning before it's too late. Watch for the telltale signs of corruption. Is your son neglecting legitimate comedy clubs to go traipsing around in an abandoned blockbuster? (laughs) Is there a vape juice stain on his index finger? Is he bringing home long receipts from Caulfield's costume show? Are certain words creeping into his conversation? Words like dais, and too soon, and cut! Well, that's trouble, right here in River City. With a capital T, and that rhymes with beef, and that starts with roast. Oh, you got trouble, my friend. Right here in River City. Think of Muhammad Ali, Jennifer Lawrence, and the Colonel, too. Because you got trouble. Oh, my friends, we're in terrible, terrible trouble. It's a panel from hell, and above your host. Oh, we got trouble, trouble, trouble. With a capital T. It rhymes with T! The last letter in Rome! Music then! Phone Dome.